Hi, this is Dominic Kearns with the Rising as One podcast. Before we begin, I'd love to thank several sponsors. I'd like to thank the Beautiful Game Network first. You can find all their stuff at bgn.fm. They're responsible for getting many great USL podcasts out, so please give them a look. Also go to firebirdsoccer.net. This is the new website for our former Firebird Rising coverage, so you can find all sorts of great coverage for Phoenix Rising FC and other soccer-related news in the state of Arizona, all at firebirdsoccer.net. And lastly, we would like to thank Roughneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarves is a uh, sponsor for, you know, MLS teams, USL teams, all sorts of other stuff. So go to Roughneck Scarves and find a scarf today. And now let's get on to the show. Everybody and welcome to the Rising is One podcast. This is Firebird Soccer editor in chief Jeff Went here. Uh, Dominic is away on vacation this week, so I am joined this week by Kyle Mackey. Kyle, how are you doing today? I'm doing doing pretty good, you know, kind of recovering from last night, but you know, I'm, it's another day, and I'm doing I'm doing well. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people are recovering after after last night, especially. Uh, uh, the the boys from Phoenix Rising uh, having to to do uh, yeoman's effort just to uh, be able to pull a one one draw uh, from Fresno FC there last night uh, uh, tough match um, obviously you know we'll we'll get into it shortly but uh, the events of the first thirty minutes obviously changed the complexion of the match very quickly. Yeah, that that they did, you know, and it, it it was it was a fast match just from the get go. I thought I thought you know we got off to a great start, but yeah, as you said early on, there was a something that altered the match greatly. Yeah, well, let's get into the match highlights and let's let's talk about this one. Um, obviously, the you know the biggest changes were you know going to a he went to a four one four one formation. Uh, you know, not having Kavon Lambert in the lineup, so obviously James Musa uh, ended up being that player that that took uh, Kavon Lambert's role last night, but ended up being the the only holding midfielder in the back uh, with a mid four of uh, Dewey. I'm sorry, not Dewey. Uh, uh, Solomon Asante, uh, Gladson Awako, Colin Fernandez, and. Billy Forbes with uh, Jason Johnson up top and the same back four uh, that we've seen for the last few weeks of, of Devante DeBose, Amadou Dia, Duigi Mala, and Mike DeFont. Um, so yeah, I mean, right off the, the front foot, you could definitely see in the first 20 minutes that that Phoenix Rising definitely had a plan, knew where they wanted to attack, and that attack came from right in the center of the park. And, you know, we, we've seen a lot of times in these games that we've struggled to, to be able to control the middle part of the park uh, in some of the recent matches. But but obviously last night, 
um, for the first uh, 25 minutes, you know, Phoenix had really good control of the center of the park. Gladson Awako really, really came into his own last night, you know, as far as as controlling the play in the center of the park. We've been kind of looking for that uh, the last couple, two, three weeks from him and hadn't really seen a lot of it. Um, but to see all that open space and to see Awako just driving it and, of course, you know, spraying it out to whether it was Solomon Asante or Devontae DeBose or Billy Forbes out on the left, I mean, you know, it just seemed like he was in a lot better control of this match. And you could see that early, uh, you know, <clears throat> get a get a corner, you know, right off the bat. And and, and you got to love Jason Johnson's effort there in the second minute trying to uh, – to, uh, give the old bicycle kick a, a shot and see if it would work, but uh, didn't quite connect with it. Um, I thought, uh, you know, 11th minute, uh, Jason Johnson had a shot that, that got bo- blocked in the box, and then he got a header uh, right back to it from Solomon Asante uh, that just missed uh, a little high and wide to the left. And then a couple of minutes later, he had a cross from Devontae DeBose uh, that went to uh, went right by the right by the feet of not only Jason Johnson uh, but Billy Forbes on the back post as well. Um, uh, great effort there that that uh, that just missed. But you could really see you could really see the 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 intensity and the players coming out in the beginning first twenty minutes. Absolutely, yeah. I mean that that last one that you that you touched on that cross across the box by the. De- by DeBose and uh, where Johnson and Forbes were right there. I mean, I I was right there and I thought it was going in for sure. I saw both of them at that at that back post and I was like, oh, somebody's got to get the touch to put this in. And it, you know, they both just kind of missed it and it just went through. And so it, it was a great start. I thought, you know, we came out as you said with a lot of energy. We were possessing the ball, basically just bossing the midfield. Um, and I mean, that's, I think that's what we've been talking about and that's what we've been wanting to see the past couple of weeks to, so to actually see that in action, that was very refreshing. Yeah, and you know, and to go back a couple of minutes, even before that, Gladstone Waco gets a really nice shot off from the middle of the box, um, that, that Kyle Renish had to really make a great save on, um, you know, but you could just see, you could see the push and the effort in the boys and you could see how, how, how improved it was over the last couple of weeks of, instead of just sitting back and taking their time and waiting for the play to come to them, uh, you know, to make the, the necessary adjustments. I thought it was good to see them come out right out on the front foot. Obviously, the game changes in the 25th minute. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of fans are, are, are were kind of upset at the call, but, you know, unfortunately, when you look back at the replays of the play, you know, it was the right call. Um, Amadou Dia definitely late on the challenge. Um, did come up studs a little bit, you know, not all the way up in the air, but did come studs up a little bit, you know, and, <clears throat> you know, not a hard, you know, it's not a hard decision, you know, but I understand, you know, the fans angst because there wasn't really a whole lot of, you know, necessarily intent of, of, of him going in at it like that, but just, you know, because Dia came from such a far difference distance, I'm sorry, to make that tackle, you know, you could just see, you know, you know, it was the right call, and 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 uh, unfortunately, you know, now you're down ten men, and and that you know really puts the puts the pressure on you know on Phoenix Rising. Yeah, it, it definitely did. I mean, you could just see 
you could see in the few minutes after that 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 red card gave life to Fresno and it definitely put us in a in a tight spot but I thought it was nice to see Colin Fernandez just able to slot in right there at that left back position for Amadou Dia and I thought he played a great match you know considering the circumstances to have to be thrown in there like that without a much experience that was awesome to see from him and just just the resolve from the team overall you know so many so many teams in that first half after that red card would have just given up and you know possibly conceded a goal but I don't think we gave up at all in that uh right after that red card I think that we just knew that we had a tougher challenge ahead of us and you know we just fought it out and we're you know we were able to eventually get through the first half nil nil so that's you know that's a huge accomplishment itself yeah, and, and you'll hear the comments of, of Patrice Carterone and, and Jason Johnson uh, uh, when we play the post-game comments for you, you know, from both of them. But just giving praise to, to, to Colin Fernandez for slotting back there and, you know, taking on that role. And, you know, you t- you also hear Patrice Carterone, you'll hear him momentarily talking about, you know, the mindset of not making a change right away there you know, to put yourself in trouble uh, when it comes to later on in the match when you know you're going to need to change out players, you know, when it comes to, you know, you're moving around a lot as 10 guys instead of 11. If you try to make an, a quick substitution right there, you know, you're, you're, you're going to hurt yourself in the end. And I thought that was a smart a smart call by uh, by uh, Patrice Carteron to do that. But, you know, let's give credit where credit is due. Let's let's give credit to this back four, you know, for the rest of this first half. You're playing 20 minutes, you know, a man down for the rest of the half. But to, to not give up a single shot on goal after the red card, I mean, that is definitely uh, a surprise that they were able to do that. Um, you, know, you expect Fresno to jump on the front foot, like you said, Kyle, and they kind of did jump on the front foot a little bit, you know. But, you know credit to Phoenix Rising they were keeping them on the outside keeping them keeping them high above the box and not allowing them the opportunity to get the ball in and and really create any chances you know for a strong effort on net you know and and, and you've got to credit you know you got to credit that back four for for standing the ground but not only that you got to credit the midfielders as well for pulling back a little bit and being able to you know create you know what what they could do defensively you know and pull that off i mean you know hats off to them you know and then and then to turn around every once in a while when you feel like you have the opportunity you know try to counter attack off of it you know one time they really did towards the end of the first half there with gladson awako taking that shot from uh you know around 25 yards out and it just uh you know just went a little too high over the box you know but great effort by the boys to wrap up that 20 minutes you know, plus the injury time, get out of the half zero zero, like you said, you know, and and really be able to take the time. Now let's now let's look at what we've done so far, and now let's let's assess what we need to do in the second half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's exactly it. I think you know the fact that we were able to come out nil nil. If had we gone into the locker room, you know, a goal down down a man at halftime you know then we're, we're trying to figure out okay how can we try to salvage you know something out of this match but to go nil nil and to see that we were able to hold our own for those first 25 minutes after the red card I think that probably gave our guys confidence you know 
now they were able to kind of regroup. They were able to get their tactics set from Carterone and then go back out there and finish the match. And that's exactly what we saw. So I, I think that, you know, it, it was it was a bad circumstance, but this is also something that I think the entire team will learn from and will be better off down the road for it. Exactly. Unfortunately, <coughs> excuse me, you expect to, you know, come right back out in half and get right back into your groove and everything. Well, Fresno didn't allow that, unfortunately. And the one chance, and the one chance they had in the second half, they took advantage of it. Uh, Alex Cooper gets the ball down on the left-hand side, throws a throws a cross in, uh, gets to the feet of Jamal Johnson, who blasts it past Carl Wazinski for a one nothing lead. Two minutes right out of the gates in the second half, and you know it. Obviously, you know it took the life out of the crowd, and and you, you hated to see that, but you know. Fresno played it up just right and, and, and drew up something to come right out of the right out of the gates in the second half and obviously it worked. Yeah, you're right. I mean they they definitely I think they came out with that plan at at uh, halftime after halftime to come out and strike quick, you know, and get a goal on the board and then just see this game out being that they were up a man and it, it definitely took the took the wind out of the crowd's sails, but I think as the match continued on, they were able to build themselves back up. And, you know, the, the Phoenix Rising crowd's never going to quit on the team. So, you know, the fact that we were only down a goal, we all still had belief that, you know, we could come back eventually at some point. And I think uh, I think that was the right decision by the fans. Yeah. We got to stick by the team, when uh, even when it's tough. Yep, that we do. Obviously, uh, you know, at this point they're down one nothing. We get to the 65th and – and Carterone makes his first change. This one surprised me a little bit. Uh, he brought, he brings on Chris Cortez for for Billy Forbes. I was really surprised at that move because you've taken now one of your speed players out of the lineup, and it really had concerned me at that point that that you're making a substitution for somebody you need on that wing for somebody who's you know not quite as not quite as quick as, as Forbes is. But then again, you know, if you if you're trying to hold a one nothing lead at this, you know, or a one nothing deficit and trying to turn something around, you know, you definitely need somebody there that's going to be able to, uh, you know, maybe make some plays in the middle of the park. And I think that's what ended up being the decisions of why he pulled Forbes for for Cortez. Okay, you know, let let's see what happened. Well, you know, to me, Cortez really didn't get involved a real whole lot in the play you know i thought the bigger moves were made at the 77th minute when alessandro Rigi and luca ricci were brought on for james musa and gladson awako uh, i think awako was probably spent at the time when he brought him off at 77 i think the decision to bring musa off for ricci was a key decision because now you're taking that holding midfielder out. You're going to let the back four play the, the the way they need to, and now you're going to try to push forward with the other six players to, to try to get that tying goal. Yeah, I mean, those substitutions, I think those were a clear indication of what Carteron was seeing in the match. I think he saw that we could pull a goal out of this from how uh, – how tough we'd been able to play and how great our back four had been performing for the 77 minutes before that. So I, I like the changes, as you said, the Cortez one, I think, I think it's kind of, 
it's one of those, I think that he was looking for someone that could, as you said, kind of just hold up, hold up play and then maybe distribute from there. Um, and then, I mean, we saw that Forbes actually tactically, Cortez went to the middle and Johnson went out wide for Forbes. So I think in that way it did work because Johnson still has the speed. But one thing that I think is interesting about that change is that we have yet to, or well, we saw Kevon Frader last week, but why not bring him on in those circumstances? Why not give him another chance? Um, I think that kind of speaks to the trust that Carterone has in Chris Cortez. Um, so those substitutions, they were definitely the right substitutions. I just think, I just like to think, what if we brought him on 10 minutes earlier? <laughs> yeah. But I also think that maybe then we could have given up more opportunities to Fresno. So maybe it was the right time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that Rigi substitution too. I mean, I, I, we haven't seen him much this year, so we know when he hits the field he's going to perform, and we saw it last night. And again, you know, you look at the sec, you look at a, at the run of the second half of play. Again, other than the one attempt, you know, from you know the scoring the goal, and then there was an a you know there was a, a, a shot in the seventy sixth that uh, that Carl had to make. You know, the defense again really held their own in the second half. They didn't bend, they didn't break, they didn't do anything drastic. I mean, they held their own. And again, I think we're seeing, you know, we're we're now seeing a true back four that really is is going to be uh, troublesome for a lot of teams going forward. You're not going to be able to get by this wall, you know, of defenders. And you know, you throw you know, you have Colin Fernandez that throws that 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 ended up falling back in there. But now you're going to have a Victor Vasquez who's going to who's going to end up slotting in there now at least for the for the game next week and you know whether Dia gets suspended more than one game we'll find out you know in the early part of this next week you know but you know you have guys now that you can trust that you can slot in there you know going forward and especially you know now that we've got this big month of May coming up that we've talked about for for uh, you know a couple of weeks now you're looking at the possibility of seven eight games being played in the month of May and you're playing twice and three times a week sometimes you know it, it's great to see that that the the, the back line has finally solidified itself and, and is really definitely wanting to step up and prove itself yeah it definitely has and i mean it's it's you know it's so reassuring because you know at the start of the season our biggest worry was our back line you know how are we going to fare throughout the season so to see this kind of consistency i mean we just we just haven't let in a lot of goals. You know, every game we let in maybe one goal. We have yet to let in two. So that's, you know, that's awesome to see so far. Um, I I think that, as you said, this as this stretch is coming up, it's going to be tough because we will have to see rotation, you would think, at some point. But, I mean, I don't – I'm not really worried about that because, as you said, as we saw last night, we, we can have Colin Fernandez who can fill in back there. I think from last season we still have confidence in Victor Vasquez. Um I mean, I definitely think that we will see rotation, but it's not going to hurt us in any way. Yeah, it won't. Obviously, you know, we saw the fruits of the the substitution uh, come to fruition right at the right at the 90th minute. Uh, a great play from Solomon Asante to get it to Alessandro Rigi, who blasted past Kyle Rennish, uh to get him back 1-1. And I'll I tell you what, I had just gotten down to the field about a minute before uh, that goal was scored, and, and to see Patrice Carterone's reaction 
to to get in that game tying goal was similar to uh, the reaction that a lot of people talked about last year uh, when he came flying off the bench uh, in celebrating a, a last minute winner. To, but to see Carteron just go flying off the bench again, you know, just to celebrate a, a you know a game tying goal right at the 90th minute. I mean. <laughs> You can't ask for anything better than that from your coach to see that that kind of uh, enthusiasm from him. Oh no, and I don't blame him. You know, I mean, I think I think all the fans felt the same way. You know, I mean, we we saw that match. The boys they fought hard. They did. They gave up that one goal, but it was one quick mistake. And I think on another night, Carl makes that stop. So I, you know, it's one of those nights just to be able to get something out of it. You know, to be able to work that hard and fight your way back into the match, I think that uh, it's definitely justified for Carterone to show that kind of emotion. Yeah, it definitely was. And get it right at the 90th minute, uh, six minutes of, of added time in the second half. Uh, not very much uh, to the, the final six minutes. Uh, a couple of attempts from, from Fresno that, that didn't really go anywhere. Uh, but to, to finish out the match 1-1, Second straight draw, you know, for the club. Okay, you know, this one is a, this one to me was more of a, a well-earned draw than it was. You know, you know, I, I don't know that you necessarily want to say that they stole two points from Fresno from Fresno as much as they went out and they earned this draw. They earned this one point, you know. And in a couple of minutes, when we go through the USL scores. Uh, for the week, you'll see that that even though uh, Phoenix picks up the draw here, they got a lot of help uh, uh, elsewhere uh, uh, amongst league leaders. So uh, it, it, this draw really didn't affect them a whole lot. But you know, just to just to 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 go back on the the end of the match, you know, great to see the boys uh, fire through, keep that resolve, and like you said, you know, the fans never quit on these boys. You know, and I think it shows when the, when when these boys get out there on the field and and give it their all. You know, whether they're a man down, a man up, uh, playing straight eleven on eleven. You know, these guys put in a full ninety minute effort, no matter what the situation is thrown in front of them. Yeah, yeah, you didn't see anyone quit or give up. I mean, we knew it was going to be tough, but. You know that's that's how soccer is sometimes, and so to be able to work through that, that's awesome. I think the crowd definitely helped them. You know, we were we were there to motivate them when uh, when maybe some other calls were not going our way, or just when you know it was frustrating to uh, to play on the field. But just to be able to get something, you know, like you said, it's definitely a point gained, and the the rest of the results around the league definitely helped us. So this this is a. Uh, it's something that it's a bummer not to get the win, but a draw is still a great result when you you know you know you're down a man for 75 minutes. Yeah, it definitely is a strong result. Well, after the uh, after the game here on on Saturday night, we had an opportunity to talk to a bunch of individuals. Um, here's Coach Patrice Carterone, Alessandro Rigi, uh, Jason Johnson, and Carl Wazinski. Uh, all talking about not only uh, this result against Fresno, but uh, looking ahead to the big tasks ahead. At 25 minutes, obviously, you've got to make a big shift in the lineup. What are you talking to the guys and telling them at that point to try to, to keep the momentum where it's at at the time? 
Ah, in those moments, you know, playing uh, more than one hour at 10 against 11, uh, always difficult. Uh, the start of the second half was uh, they scored this goal, and after this, uh, once again, uh, we had uh, fantastic energy to come back and to to score. Of course, I'm not happy about uh, a point home, but depending the circumstances, uh, sometimes you just uh, can be very proud because uh, losing 1-0, uh, 10 against 11, and finally you, you find a way to come back and to score these, uh, these uh, goals. The, the atmosphere was uh, was fantastic, but everything has changed. You know, at the moment you are, you are 10 uh, after 25 minutes, like you said, 10 uh, versus uh, 11. Everything uh, is, is more difficult because the start was quite good. We had a great opportunity to score with Awako. The goalkeeper uh, did a great save. I think uh, we were controlling the game, so once again, uh, to, uh, we had the energy to come back like against Wop at 10 uh, versus 11, so really, really in terms of uh, spirit, uh, I'm uh, really happy. Of course, uh, I'm not happy to play at, uh, at 10 like this for, for all the game, but uh, what did the, the boys for one hour was absolutely fantastic. Talk about that resiliency. I mean, it's just time and time again. They find a way just at the right time to turn that switch and turn it around. Yeah, and also, you know, um, we need uh, some time in the last minute. Uh, I, I was losing my voice because I had the feeling that uh, every time we had a free kick or that kind of opportunity, we we must uh, we must be more clever and uh, play long ball on Chris Cortez and all the other players to go there and to press it. When you have a free kick, it's the only moment you can really uh, put the, the other team under pressure. So I just uh, have the feeling that we could have done it. Uh, we could have done better. But once again, we we have lost uh, two points uh, today. What we did this point is uh, the point of the heart. So once again, I'm very proud uh, about the boys and uh, we're gonna prepare the, the next week uh, very seriously. We need to win next week against uh, LA Galaxy. We have uh, many games away after, so important three points. Uh, we're going to fight a lot uh, to make it next week. Talk about bringing in Rigi and Rigi at the point that you did. I mean, obviously you had brought Forbes off at that point, and then you brought in the double sub. Were you looking for a little bit more energy at that point? I, I wanted us to score at least one goal because um, my, my motivation, uh, honestly, was just not to concede goal. I had the feeling that they were not that, that dangerous. We did only one mistake during this game. It's, uh, it's terrible for the guys because they did very well. If um, I wanted to stay at 0-0 uh, as long as possible and for us to score, I know that uh, with our offensive player, fresh player at the end of the game, we can make the difference like we did. So I'm very, once again, I'm very happy about this point, even if I know that uh, all of us wanted to, uh, to do better. But uh, to, when you are losing uh, like this, 1-0, 10 minutes to play and you have uh, the fantastic energy to come back and to, to score one goal, it's, uh, it's fantastic. You put the one goal aside. The entire game, it looked like the back four, even though when you moved Colin back there into the back four, it seemed like they had played solid the entire night. It wasn't allowing very much. You had to be very impressed with the effort that they put forward. Yeah, my first idea was, uh, you know, most of the time in that kind of circumstances, you, you want to, to make a change. But I had the feeling that if we change after 25 minutes uh, one, uh, one player, it means you won't have energy enough to finish the game. That's why I, I wanted to start uh, changing the player after, after one hour. We, we did it, and uh, the player who came in, Alessandro, I'm really happy because he's back, uh, he's back from sickness, he, and we know that he can uh, do that kind of fantastic things. So once again, I'm, uh, I'm proud about the boys. You talked about Friday with LA, meaning three big points right there. 
you head into a big stretch of games, most of them on the road, yep. possibly a couple of Open Cup matches mixed into that. How do you get the guys prepared for this long stretch of games? Uh, at first, next week, we'll play a friendly game against uh, Tucson on, uh, on Saturday to make sure that all the players are ready to compete. Because like you just said, after this, when we play every three days, last year we were very strong playing every three days because uh, we, we had a good turnover. When I see tonight that Alessandro didn't start, Chris didn't start, Kevin Feller, for example, didn't start. So I know that I have players that will be ready to compete during this period. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. Get your first chance in a while to, to see some play on the field. How did it feel out there tonight? Feels good. I mean, you train every day to, to play. So it feels good that uh, Coach wanted me to go on. Talked about you, you know, going battling through some illness and stuff like that. Uh, you know, talk about you know how the last month has been for you. I know you you found the field for a while and then it came back off, and now you're finding it back again. So it's good. I mean, uh, you know, football anything can happen. You just got to be ready for any moment. Was, uh, there was some battles, some mental challenges, but uh, I got through them and was happy to help out the team and uh, the city get get, get a point. Let's talk about the play uh, for your goal. I mean, I've been watching solo for a while now, so that guy has eyes behind his back. He didn't even see me. I just shouted, and I just I knew he was going to. I just said solo in the space in French, and it was a great connection between each other. He just put it. I was there, and I just you know took care of business. Talk about how you have so many interchangeable parts on this club. I mean, you can come in, you know, off of a sub, or another night you can start. You've got guys like Billy Forbes, and you've got Chris Cortez, you've got Jason Johnson. You've got inter so many interchangeable parts to this club. Talk about that. It's great. It's, uh, it pushes us every day. You can't get comfortable. Most teams have their starters, and, you know, they can take a day off during the week or you know, not, not show up. But here you got to show up every day. you got to impress every day, and you got to hope uh, – Hope that the coach thinks you did the best. So it's good. It pushes everyone forward, and at the at the end, it's you know it's making us all better players. Obviously, you've got a long stretch of games coming up in a month of May. How do you guys get yourselves prepared for all this? We just listen to the staff. They're so you know they're so organized. They think a week, months, probably a year in advance. Everything's just well organized. So we just show up. We have nothing to worry about. We just show up and we we listen to what they say and we just take care of uh, take care of business like that. Talk about the talk about the defensive back line tonight. I mean, despite giving up the one goal that they did the 47 minute, I mean, to, to only give up three shots on the entire night. I mean, talk about the, the resiliency and the strength of that back line. Yeah, no, these guys are fighters. These guys are warriors. Even in practice, you know, people are impressing games, but they they do this every like we get. Mala hits me in the head every single day in training. This is this is not this is the norm for them. So that we're a man down or not, as long as we have four back there, then we have a wall. We have a wall. It was very unlucky. Very unlucky that they scored, so hats off to them, to the whole team. Thanks. Thank you. 25 minutes in, you guys go a man down. Talk about the resiliency of this club and not allowing uh, Fresno to get as many shots off as, as they did. I mean, if you watch closely from last year, this is what the club is all about, you know? Um, last year, if you saw, the team was at 10th, I think, in um, half of the season, and we finished at 5th. Uh, so that alone should tell you what this club is all about. And uh, going down, uh, going down a man so early, it's one thing that came into our mind, and it was like we have to work harder. We gotta be more focused. Uh, it doesn't matter nine, eight, seven guys on the field. We're gonna do our best till that ninth minute come. Yeah. 
I mean, you talk about the back line, how strong they were throughout the entire match. I mean, only allowing three or four shots on the net the entire night. I mean, they seem to have really been a stalwart this entire season. Talk about the, just their effort overall. Uh, yeah, I think it starts, I think it's a team effort in general. Uh, coaches, I, I tell you, they and Dale, uh, we work on this in, in training. Uh, whether it be 5v5 or 11v11 uh, in training, we always work hard. A man down, a man up, we don't uh, complain, we just grind. Talk about, you know, you, you lose Billy, but yet you interject a Luca Ricci and a, and a Alessandro Ricci and Chris Cortez. You inject some more speed into that lineup to be able to get that, uh, that tying goal. Talk about the resiliency of bringing these guys in and how they mesh just so easily. Uh, and that, that's, that's another part of this team that makes it so strong. It doesn't matter. Anybody can come on and have a really great impact. You could see Rigi come on and have that goal in the 90th minute. And uh, like that, that just speaks to the team. It doesn't matter. You get in the 18 or you're in the 11 or you're not in the 18. It doesn't matter. Anybody that comes on the field is ready to, um, to do their best for the club. You obviously got a big game coming up Friday against L.A. And then yeah. it starts a big stretch of games, you know, most of them on the road. How do you guys get mentally and physically ready for all this to start? I mean, this is, uh, we've been preparing from um, preseason, so it's not it's not a big surprise for us. And uh, we've been talking about it for the um, couple of past weeks. So we're prepared and we're ready for the, the, the challenge. All right. Hey, there you Yeah. Talk about the resiliency of this club. I mean, six goals only given up so far this season. Talk about the resiliency of this club. Talk about this back four that just seems to be so strong game after game after game. Yeah, the back four is really clicking. It's made my life easy this year. You know, if I had one or two things to do a game, um, try to do my best to do them. Um, and, you know, our offense keeps clicking too. You know, a couple late goals the last couple of games to get us to get us points is, uh, is incredible. So both both sets are really helping each other out. I mean, you lose Amadou Dia 25 minutes in, but you're able, I mean, Colin Fernandez just slides right back in yep. and makes it seem seamless. Mm -hmm. And you guys only give up three or four shots the entire game. And talk about how, you know, how you can make that work just seamless, seamlessly and easy. Yeah, Colin's a class player. You know, he's in the MLS, he's a homegrown. He's still only 21 years old. Um, but as you saw, you know, he can play midfield, he can play left back. Um, and we were able, you know, with him being a midfielder, to really play out of the back and put some pressure on them uh, on that side of the field. So it, it was great, and I'm proud of him. It seemed like early in the season, obviously early in preseason, you were trying to find the right combination, you know, center backs to see, you know, who would fit there. And it seems like Luigi Mala, you know, and, and Mike DeFont have been the two that have seemed to fit. What is it about those two guys that make it so easy for your job? They're both very talkative. You know, that was kind of the year started. We didn't really have a leader back there. You know, last year, Peter Raymond, Jordan Stewart played in the Prem. Both talked nonstop, you know, this English way. So, you know, it took, took, them, took them a while in preseason to start clicking, but once they did, you know, they're both vocal, both demanding of the players in front of them, uh, command, you know, tell people where they need them. Uh, so it's made my life very easy. Obviously, you got a big stretch of games coming on. You start Friday at home here with LA Galaxy, and then you run this big stretch of games, road and open cup. How do you guys get prepared for all this? I think we've, we've got to have some of the best depth in the league on our roster. Um, I think it's eight games in May, I think it is. But we're going to need everybody on the roster. And we, we purposely signed two players from every position that can play night in and night out to make open cup run, to make a deep run in the, in the year. Uh, so I think that'll really show. All right. Sounds good. And there's the comments of, of Patrice Carterone and, and Carl Wazinski, uh, Jason Johnson, Alessandro Rigi. Uh, you know, some of the interesting things. You know, one of the interesting things I took away from the from the postgame interview from Carterone was the fact that, you know, even though we got a draw, he's, he's he was disappointed in the draw. Just the fact that 
he knew that we could get a better effort out of out of this game but you know unfortunately the situation was what it was and and you know we'll take a point but you know obviously you know the way we ran play early in that match you could just feel you know like he said they were setting up that there was a possibility they could have gotten three or four you know you know before all the red card nastiness happened and and you know but it's okay you know i i think patrice will will be you know when he goes back and looks at all this you know a point it's good we'll move on and we'll get ready for la and then get ready for this you know big huge stretch of games that are coming up here in the month of may yeah i think I think, you know, he definitely was planning on getting three points. It's what he wanted out of this match. But, you know, given the circumstances, that's not always possible. But um, I think that he was happy just to see the resolve from the team. And, I mean, I know myself, I was I was pleasantly surprised. You know, it could have easily gone down as a 1-0 loss. So just to, just to see them come back, that's just, it's so awesome to see. And I think that that's, we can use this as kind of motivation going forward into this month of May um, and hopefully start pulling some three points. Yeah, definitely. Uh, You know, points at at a premium coming up uh, here in the next few weeks. So obviously uh, the next game now coming up is a Friday night game, uh, Friday night against LA Galaxy 2. We've already played them once this season, got the one nothing victory. Uh, a couple of weeks back over over in LA so now they're making the return trip back over here um, obviously this is a game where three points you know is a key and a must I mean against a team that has not won a game this year against a team that is uh, 0-4 and 3 on the season uh, has trouble finding the back of the net um, you know last game was was uh last sunday they didn't play this week uh they had a bye on this week so the last game they played was april 22nd in a 1-1 draw with new york red bulls too um but obviously you know you talk about games where you need to take advantage of something this is where it's got to start i mean you know you got to be able to beat a team that that can't seem to find the back of the net can't seem to find a way to 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 to, to three points and and this is obviously going to be a huge huge game here at home friday night yeah it is i mean this is this is probably the first must win game this season for us um we you know the the top eight right now is very tight it's only separated by six points um and the top top four is separated by one. So actually, we really need these points right now. And and LA is actually bottom of the Western Conference. So this is this is one that we should definitely win. Um, that's hopefully going to be the result. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, LA has only found the back of the net twice this season in six matches. Ulysses Yanez, Emmanuel Appiah, the only two players to find the back of the net for LA Galaxy. You know the talented players that they have. They've got Ari Lasseter. You know he, he's. You know, he, he's going to be the guy that you're going to want to key on, you know. But, again, you know, the, these are these are games you've got you to take advantage of. I mean, the only, you know, if you followed USL, you know, you know, you know Ethan Zubak, you know Jeffrey Achimpong, you know, you, you know the guys that, that have been 
part of the LA Galaxy 2, you know, uh, group for the last couple of years. You know, they haven't changed very much. I mean, they are who they are. But again, this is a game where we've got to take advantage of three points. They have to. I mean, against a team that's only scored twice, you cannot come out of this uh, with a draw, first of all. You definitely can't come out of this with a loss. But I think if you get another no, another one nothing victory against this team again, <coughs> um, you know you're going to really start wondering what has happened to the offense all of a sudden. You know, if they're not coming out of this with a two nothing or a three nothing win, you know I think fans are going to be starting to wonder. You know, you know, do we push the panic button as we hit this stretch of games? Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially against this kind of opponent at home on dollar beer night, the fans are going to want multiple goals. So I, I think, yeah, a one nil isn't good enough. A one, one is definitely not good enough. We definitely need a multiple goal win this week. Um, I, I expect that to happen. I mean, it's this team, as you said, they have some quality guys that we've seen around the league, but they just, they just haven't put it together this season to score two goals, three or first seven games going into eight. That's just, you know, that just shows they're just not going to be a capable team this year. So we definitely need to take advantage of it. That, that is definitely for sure. So, well, let's get into uh, some some key scores this week uh, from the USL, from the Western Conference in particular. Uh, definitely one that caught my eye um, on Wednesday night. Rio Grande Valley hosted OC uh, and gets a 2 nothing win at home against OC. Uh RGV was was struggling there for a while, and, and to to shut out Orange County, who had been sitting uh, right at the top of the standings for the most part of this year, um, was really really a surprise. I mean, they got goals from Memo Rodriguez in the 36th minute and Quintala uh, in the 89th. But you know, you look at the stats in this game, Orange County holds a 66-34 you know possession advantage. Um, winning most of the aerial duels, intercepting the ball more. Um, you know, they didn't quite get as many shots on goal as they wanted to, but still, you know, a, a shocking result that, that RGV can pull out three points here against a team that had been sitting so high in the standings in Orange County. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I, I think that – I think it speaks to RGV's – you know they have a solid team. They might not have been able to to do much with it this year. This was their first win, but you know this is a tough league to travel from Orange County down to to Rio Grande Valley. That's a long trip, and it's probably hot down there. And uh, Orange County's played eight matches already, so they've they've had quite a few matches. So it's it's understandable that this will happen. Um, Personally, I mean, it's kind of the result I was hoping for. I think it helps us a lot that OC loses a match, and you know, it, we're only separated by four points from them. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a it was a crazy result, being that Orange County did everything right, other than score the goals they needed. So you know, sometimes that's how it is, and they have to move forward. Yep, that's for sure. Uh, Friday night, interesting result uh, in the West. Uh, San Antonio goes on the road for an ESPN3 game against Las Vegas Lights FC. Everybody knows the, the hot start that Las Vegas has had all year. Well, San Antonio finally found a way to 
to end that hot start with a 3-1 victory in Las Vegas. Uh, two two goals in the first half from from Guzman and Escalante uh, definitely got it going for San Antonio. Uh, then they got a third early in the second half on a on a Castillo penalty kick. Um, you know, Vegas tried to pull one back late in the 75th with Alvarez scoring, uh, but unfortunately, uh, picking up a red card in the 88th minute was Torres for Las Vegas. So it looks like he'll be at least missing the next game for Las Vegas. But you know, a big result for San Antonio, especially because the way San Antonio had started their season. Uh, you know they were they were really behind the eight ball and and you know just weren't getting wins at home. They were either pulling draws or losses. But you know this was a huge win to get San Antonio on the board and rolling finally. Yeah, they needed this win. I mean, I think I think if they hadn't won this match, it would have been very tough to make it to playoffs. Now they have a chance. They're only sitting one point out of playoffs, so they definitely. Uh, came out with a huge win, and I mean to to end Las Vegas's unbeaten start to the season, that was a huge accomplishment too. So um, I just yeah, you touched on it earlier just to just to see that uh, Flavor Flav was out there at the match and hanging out there. That was that was pretty hilarious. Um, and I, they've definitely come in and been an interesting franchise. Las Vegas has, and I'm really excited for Phoenix to play them. I think that we're going to match up well, and it, it'll be a really fun game match when we play them. Yep, that that it will be. And I, if I remember right, I think that first meeting occurs uh, in June, if I remember correctly. Uh, some, I believe. June 13th, yeah, June 13th, I think it's June, yeah, because they play them three times this year, they'll play them twice in Vegas, and they'll play them once here, so, um, the other result that really kind of caught my eye, uh, is, you know, we, we talked about them last week getting their first win of the season, uh, Reno picked up that, that huge win, uh, it's great to see them follow that up, uh, with a 2-0 victory over Oklahoma City Energy, uh, on Saturday night, um, great effort there, uh, getting goals from uh, Partida in the 64th, and then Mafeka scored in the 87th to give uh, Reno three big points. And obviously, you know, you look at the some of the numbers from the from that match. Um, you know, a red card early in that match as well caused. Uh, Oklahoma City go down to 10 men. Miguel Gonzalez picked up a red in the 37th. And obviously you can see the numbers bear it out. 64% uh, possession for Reno versus 36% for for uh, for Oklahoma City. Um, you see 17 shots to 12 and then get, you know, six of those 17 on target for, for, uh, for Reno versus just one for Oklahoma City. So... Um, Obviously, this is not the start to the season that Oklahoma City really wanted, and and now they're uh, they're really behind the eight ball. As you know, we're almost you know we're almost already at the quarter pole of the season. Yeah, they they really are, and I think, I mean, they were hard done. I think you know they we saw that that's what happens when you have a red card early on is sometimes you're able to fight back and get a one, one draw. Sometimes you lose two nil. So I think that, you know, maybe we were on the right side last night of luck, but, uh, it's tough for OKC. They've lost six straight. Just nothing has gone right for them so far this year. And yeah, you wonder what, 
we're a quarter way through the season. What are they going to be able to get out of this? It's it just it's got to be frustrating for them right now. I feel for them. I mean, obviously, you know, they made the change at you know at coach, you know, Jimmy Nielsen leaving the 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 team last year at the end of the season. You know, you wonder how much that has really affected the change in Oklahoma City, not only the change in the style of play, you know, but also the the, the change at the top being, you know, how are they responding to to this new coach? And it just seems, excuse me, seems like, you know, that that struggle is definitely genuine as you see it early in the season. Yeah, I think so too, because, I mean, they didn't get rid of a lot of the great guys they had last year. They were able to retain a lot of talent from last season, and, you know, they made playoffs last year and were able to not actually knock out Reno. So, yeah, I think I think this might be coming down to coaching, and, you know, maybe if this continues, they see a change in coach. I don't know. That's that's a really tough one to, to start a season off like this. Definitely. Uh, some of the other results out on the West that, that – uh, uh, were of interest. Swole Park Rangers gets a 1-1 draw in St. Louis. Orange County comes back off of that 2-0 loss for a 1-0 victory over Colorado Springs. And Sacramento and Tulsa played a 1-1 draw last night. So, like we said, as, as, as teams were playing this week and as results bear out, I mean, as we look at the Western Conference standings now, all those definitely played in our favor. As Orange County is sitting at the top of the Western Conference standings with 16 points off of eight matches played, then you have Sacramento Republic sitting in second at, at 15 points with four with seven matches played. Real Monarchs in third, uh, 12 points, five matches played. They'll play on Monday uh, to get uh, Week Eight started, so that's why they've only played five matches. Uh, Phoenix Rising sits in fourth. Uh, 12 points off of seven matches. Swope Park is in fifth, 12 points off of seven matches. And St. Louis sits sixth at 12 points off of seven matches. Then you go to seventh with Fresno at 11 points and sitting in the eighth spot currently, uh, Colorado Springs on 10 points with nine matches played. And you get to the bottom half of the table. Uh, Portland Timbers 2 is in ninth at 10 points off of seven matches played. San Antonio vaults up to 10th. Uh, with with their last two results, now they are at nine points with seven matches played. Las Vegas Lights falls to 11th uh, with eight points out of five matches. Reno moves up to 12th with seven points in six matches after their last two wins. <coughs> Excuse me. Seattle Sounders sits in 13th, seven points off of seven matches. Rio Grande in 14th at five points off of six matches. And the bottom three, Oklahoma City Energy. Tulsa Roughnecks, LA Galaxy 2, all on three points. Uh, it's weird to see Oklahoma City sitting where they're at. Not surprised as much with Tulsa and LA, but obviously, you know, the keys, you know, the keys there are definitely, you know, seeing the teams that are at the bottom that we're kind of surprised we weren't expecting to see at the bottom. But then again, some of them we're starting to see make their move. Reno, San Antonio, uh, you know, we're seeing those guys starting to ramp up their play now. Yeah, and I, I think Reno and San Antonio, I think both of them could easily fight their way back into this playoff hunt. I think, you know, results, given the results last night, both getting wins, um, I think that that definitely, you know, helped those hopes. OKC, you know, yeah, like we talked about, that's, I just, we were saying how they were going to make playoffs this year. I just, I don't think that's going to be happening now. 
Um, but you know, that's maybe they could get an incredible run of form. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. Uh, definitely. <laughs> uh, some but key- yeah, the, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say the, the results last night that uh, the Swope St. Louis St. Louis draw that helped us greatly. You know, they were both right next to us in the standings, so that helped. That was huge. And then the uh, the Sacramento draw that that was also a big one for us. Um, would have been nice if Orange County would have also drawn with Colorado, but you know it doesn't always work out like that. So we just gotta look forward. Yep, that is definitely for sure. Uh, some key matches as we move into week eight of the of the regular season. Uh, obviously, uh, Real Monarchs opens the week tomorrow, uh, Monday, uh, against uh, Las Vegas Lights FC. That'll be a big game to watch in the Western Conference. Uh, a couple other big games to watch. Uh, Wednesday night, uh, Portland Timbers 2 will host Sacramento Republic. Portland hanging uh, right around that 8-9 area uh, for a playoff spot, so it'll be interesting to watch that. Uh Real Monarchs turns around Friday and plays Orange County. That'll be a key game to watch uh, for for definite positioning uh, at the top of the Western Conference. Um, And then uh, uh, you go on to Saturday, and uh, Reno will try to extend that winning streak to three on the road uh, as they go to Colorado Springs. Um, And that's that's pretty much your your key matches for uh, week eight of the regular season. Um, one interesting league note this week. Um, I don't know if a lot of fans had caught it or not, but uh, San Antonio FC uh, announced earlier this week that it was releasing uh, forward Chris Tierpak, uh by mutual consent. I thought that was quite an interesting move uh, by San Antonio. Um, you know, Tierpak has, has definitely been a mainstay in the USL. Um, I would not be surprised to see him catch on somewhere else very quickly. You know, I would not be surprised to see, you know, one of the expansion teams maybe, you know, take a shot at him. You know, we could see, uh, you know, I think I think a good pl- other place might be Oklahoma City to see if he lands in there, you know, sometime soon. But uh, definitely a surprise move seeing Chris Tierpak uh, let go this week by San Antonio. Yeah, it was it was a huge surprise. I mean, he's been one of their better players, and uh, to see him leave was actually very surprising. He actually has already re-signed with the team, um, team of the NASL actually, who's you know as we know on a little bit of a hiatus this year. Miami FC wow. is who he ended up signing with. Yeah. So so and I guess so. My understanding is being that that NASL season was postponed. Miami FC formed a Miami FC two club that's playing in the, I think it's the, the NPSL. Yep, and they're playing. Yeah, in the and open in the cup. Open Cup. Yep. Exactly. So, so he does move to another team, but yeah, it's interesting that he, uh, it, you know, something must not have been right in San Antonio for him to want to leave midseason like this and go to a, an NPSL team. But uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe he'll be better off there, and hopefully, hopefully that will be the case. That's for sure. Well, everybody uh, remembers that next weekend uh, is the beginning of play in the U.S. Open Cup. Um, The three teams that uh, asked for permission to play in the the Open Cup because they were in the NASL, being uh, New York Cosmos, Jacksonville Armada, and uh, Miami FC, 
uh, will definitely field teams and they have to play an opening round game uh, coming up this this weekend this next weekend so that will begin open cup play uh, the the rest of the teams will open up round one on May 9th and obviously Phoenix Rising opens up May 16th we'll talk about their road to the to the cup uh, next week uh, we'll, we'll, we'll look at their you know we'll try to look at their their opponents uh, you know looking at either sporting AZ or FC Arizona being the club that's going to face uh, Phoenix rising in the in the second round of the Open Cup and then obviously kind of project forward and see how things look from there so that kind of gives you an idea of where the Open Cup sits and, and where we'll get to begin with that this next week um, we uh, unfortunately did not get out of notice quick enough uh, for fans on Twitter to send us questions this week for for uh, for our supporters section, which is obviously uh, uh, definitely a huge part of our show. We apologize for not getting that out. We'll definitely get that out in advance next week, so that way you know you guys can sound off. I'm sure we'll have lots of things to talk about. Hopefully, you know we won't be talking about a lengthy Amadou Dia suspension. You know we'll be talking about the return, hopefully, of Kevon Lambert. Maybe we'll talk about. You know how we see things kind of shaping up the next few weeks as 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 multiple games get played and and how rosters might shape out. Maybe we'll we'll take a, a deeper look at that. So um, other than that, uh, we will get into some final comments. And Kyle, I will uh, defer to you to begin. I, yeah, I mean, I just my final thought is I think we saw the true character of the team last night. A lot of teams would have given up last night and just, you know, taken taken a loss and said, hey, it wasn't our night, and blame it on the red card, you know, and move forward. That wasn't acceptable for us. We knew that we could get something out of this match, even if it was just a draw. Um, as you said, we earned one point. I think on another night, we could have gotten three points. You know, I, I, I think that we could have easily won 2-1 down 10 men. I, I think this team is good enough to do something like that. So... Um, I think that going forward, we just need to stay positive. This team just keeps responding well to all the negative situations that have happened, and I think that'll continue. So, you know, just just keep the faith and just go rising. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, uh, you know, to piggyback off that comment, you know, the resolve of this team is definitely there. I mean, you've you've seen it now two straight weeks in a row. I mean, the resolve last week of giving up two goals to Carlton Belmar only to turn around and, uh, you know, get a, get a goal in the 90th minute to, to salvage a point there against uh, Swope Park. You know, another game here where, you know, you give up a goal early in the second half, but you don't quit, and Alessandro Rigi gives you a goal in the 90th minute to salvage another 1-1 draw. Just to see the resolve of these boys, to see that they don't have that quit attitude, they don't give up, you never saw it, even when they went down a man on the 25th. But, I mean, just just by their play alone, you know, you could see they weren't giving up. Now, they now sure, they were letting Fresno control the ball a lot, but that's just, that's going to be normal in the fact that, you know, you know Fresno's trying to find their way of, of making a play into the box and seeing what they can do there. But to see them, you know, collapse and not allow that to happen, that just shows you know, the strong effort of the coaching staff, you know, staying on them and, and telling them to hold their positions. And that was great to see, you know, it's great to see Colin Fernandez, 
you know, be able to fall back and without any hesitation be able to play a solid left back for the remaining 70 minutes of that match. I mean, I give, you know, I give Colin Fernandez a lot of kudos for the effort that he played last night. You know, and kudos to all the boys for what they did. You know, just just hanging in there, waiting until the opportune moment. And obviously, you know, picking up the point. Now let's move forward. Three huge points on the line with LA Galaxy Friday night. And, uh, you know, let's pick those up and head out onto the road uh, with, a, with a solid effort in the back pocket and, and ready to, uh, to, to show our muscle out on the road. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Rising is One podcast. As always, we're sponsored by uh, the Arizona Sports Complex. We thank them for their, for their sponsorship of the show. Uh, check them out. Uh, they're located at uh, 35th Avenue and uh, Happy Valley Road. I'm sorry, Pinnacle Peak Road. Um, they uh, definitely have many leagues for, for all of, you know, for from young to old. And uh, definitely uh, check them out. Check their website out at ArizonaSportsComplex.com. Um, we greatly appreciate all the, the support that they've given us so far at the Rising is One podcast. Uh, I will not be here next week for the podcast. Um, I have some family obligations to take care of next week, so Dominic will be back in the back in the seat next week, and 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 he and Kyle will take you through, uh, hopefully, an LA Galaxy two victory uh, that we can get over them, and then uh, lead you into the uh, upcoming two game road trip to the great state of Oklahoma. So for Kyle Mackey, uh, this is Jeff Wentf. Uh, signing off and saying go rising yeah go rising like to thank our sponsor Roughneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarves is the official scarf supplier for MLS, USL, and US soccer. So be sure to go to roughneckscarves.com and get some of their products. We hope you enjoyed the show.